0: go straight to the Word. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 through 5. Exodus 20, 2 through 5. I'm reading from the New Living Translation today, the younger version of that Bible. Isn't that right, Don? Yeah, best. you can't even hear me. Yeah, that's because you're reading that old Bible, that's why. Somebody say amen when you get there. Awesome. I am the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods let us pray dear Lord I praise you I thank you so much already for the victories that have been happening today God I tell you I've, I've seen in moments of where we figured there was defeat God I've seen where you're just rising up and you're continuing to rise you always take what is bad and you can make it good we just have to have the faith in that God I praise you for that I praise you for all of your glory God, thank you for family. God, thank you for a family that recognizes that they want to start their child's life in the right way. God, I praise you for guiding hearts of these families, starting these children on their walk already. God, us being able to claim that victory over them, that is huge. That is a major victory for your church, God. We don't take that lightly. And God, I just praise you personally for the opportunity to get to do that. Thank you for this congregation and their trust in me. God, just thank you for for their encouragement. And um, God, I just ask that I continue. I ask that I continue to grow this church in your vision and by your ways. God, in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I ask that you take all my pride, my anger, my doubt today, God, just take it, take it away, and replace it with nothing but your boldness, your courage, your knowledge, and your wisdom, and most of all, your peace, God. I ask these things in your name. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us to forgive, Amen. All right. Today's title of the message is False Idols. Now, today I'm going to be reading from the New Testament and the Old Testament. I have a lot of Scripture today. You know, it's funny because I'll have somebody will say, Micah, last week, you know, you preached, you only had a few things of Scripture, so forth. Well, guess what? Today i got a lot, okay? We're going Old Testament, New Testament. I even have six different translations that we're going to be reading from today. So, in other words, what I'm trying to tell you is I, I worked really hard on this sermon. I'm tired, okay? So, if you don't like it, just act like you like it. Just be spiritual and not, okay? Can you all do that for your pastor today? Thank you. Very, thank you. I see nods. Thank you very much. I need that. Okay, so false idols, guys, that's, it's idolatry is how it is mentioned in the word. And that is to worship anything other than the one true God, right? I think we can all agree on that. What we just read in Exodus chapter 20 That's the first and second commandments. Both of these commandments are firmly directed against idolatry in every single form. We don't live in a country where we see many people worshiping physical statues like they did in biblical days. But we do live in a culture that values many other different idols. Today I've broken... These idols down that we seem to worship more than we worship God into three categories. The first one is earthly idols. That's the first category. I want to go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. We all have earthly idols that at some point throughout our day, our walk, our week, whatever it may be, that we do start to worship. Just a few of these that I think of are money, drugs, alcohol, food, Boyfriends, girlfriends, friends in general, superstars, athletes, politicians, sports teams. Go Cowboys. (laughs) Vacations, vacation homes, travel, pets. I mean, really, there's like weird people that really love their pets. Like, I'm going to quit. Sex, lust, and then of course technology that's a big one I want to start with we're going to go over some of these and I, I want to start with money I want to go to first Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows one thing I want you to notice from this verse guys is it says, for the love of money. It doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. If you're putting your love into money, evil's going to follow. Did y'all get that? If you're putting, your thought process is all about money, and you're not putting God in the decision-making of what to do with your finances, evil's going to follow. You make dang sure before you spend a dollar that God is allowing you to do that, that he gives you permission. I promise if you go that direction, your money will be taken care of tenfold. But the minute that you try to make your own decisions on money, whether it be your finances, whether it be a gift... Whether it be your retirement, it could be a major issue. Why not let God handle your finances and trust him with that? Let's go to drugs, alcohol, and food. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. that I will not be brought under the control of anything. I need you all to understand everything legal is permissible. Okay? God told us that as humans of this earth, as children of God, we have power over anything that's put on this earth. Okay? But it needs to be legal. You understand where I'm going here? There are some states that will allow you, I'll just be very blunt, to have marijuana, right? Texas is not one of them. So what I'm getting at is is where you may be permissible to everything that God puts on this earth, you still have to abide by the guidelines that are in Romans of honoring the governing authority. I'm not sitting here saying also if we move on from marijuana or whatever other drug there may be, Lord have mercy, I don't know, show me them out there. But when we go to alcohol, okay, you're permissible to have alcohol. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and having a drink. Nothing wrong with that at all. But, what's it say here, permissible? But I will not be brought under the control of anything. When you have too much of something, it can be a major problem, Right? I mean, again, there's nothing wrong with sitting back. Listen, your pastor, I'll tell you, hey, I've said it from up here many times. What's my vacation, right? Sit on the beach, Bible in one hand and a beer in the other. I love it. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to sit back. I want to kick back. I want to watch my kids, and I'm going to have a cold adult beverage, but I'm not going to have 20 of them, right? So these are things that I see out there, drugs, alcohol, food, those types of things you can have way too much of And you start to worship that before you worship your God. When you start to have things in that kind of excess where you have too much of it, it's become a God. That's what it's become. When you can't control it and it's controlling you, now you're worshiping that. Food is an issue. There's no doubt about that. Listen, I love to eat a... A red meat steak, more than anybody on the face of this earth, I promise you. And I love strawberry cake. I love it. I love it. But the thing is, guys, when you don't take care of your body and you have that in excess, it's just as bad as a drug. It can be just as addicting. These are some things that I know are are hard to talk about. But that's this church, right? I think we've proven that. We're going to talk about the hard things. We're going to talk about real life. And Craig McDuffie's looking at me right now. He owns Ironwood. He's like, quit telling people not to eat, man. I got to make a living. <laughs> He's got healthy stuff there. Y'all go eat some healthy stuff there. But, and I, listen again, guys. I'm not saying don't have ice cream. I'm not saying don't have a beer. I'm not saying you can't do those things. But thank you. Moderation. Make sure that it's not something unhealthy Because again, when that starts to take you over, it's become a God in your life. (laughs) Let's go to boyfriends, girlfriends, and just friends in general. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. This is especially for you younger people. And when I say younger people, I'm still young. So, you know, 38 and younger, okay? (laughs) If not 40, that's... (laughs) I didn't even say that, Tiff. See, that's that's your boy Leroy over there. You get him after church. This is a family. If y'all hadn't figured it out, yeah, this is a family around here. Um, Yeah, I know, yeah. I pray about it every day, trust me. But guys, listen ladies young young adults okay don't rely on a boyfriend or a girlfriend and, and because here's the thing listen boyfriends and girlfriends come and go if you're worshiping that it's going to be total destruction when y'all break up and odds are you're going to break up you're not going to meet the love of your life not always but i mean sometimes it happens but most of the time you're not going to meet the love of your life at a young age you're going to go through different girlfriends boyfriends so forth so don't start to gets so attached that it becomes obsessive, and then that way when they're gone again, you're so distraught, you're not going to be that upset if somebody leaves you and you weren't obsessed. Okay, I'm trying to word this correctly. Y'all forgive me. Again, just don't allow a mere human to become a God in your life. Follow me? Same thing with friends you can get too obsessive with friends. You start to worry about what they're doing and what's going on in life. That becomes anxiety. Don't do that. Love them. Pray for them. Help them. Guide them. Don't get obsessive. Then again, it becomes a God in your life. I've got a verse that I want to read for you guys. This is uh, distinctly for girls who have boyfriends. This is Psalms 118, verse 9. This is one for my daughters. It is, better to make, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust a prince. Or in princesses. Excuse me, in princes. In princes. Let me get my wording right there. In other words, same thing I try to tell my daughters, the only good man in your life is your father. Amen. Dang right. And all you teenage boys out there better listen to that, too. Listen, I'm going to tell you all, you know, I, I try to be this nice pastor the best that I can, but I'm starting to realize that, that my daughter's getting older, and, and these, 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 these boys are probably going to start showing up at some point in time. Okay. Your pastor is, is a peacemaker. Sometimes making peace might revolve in getting in a headlock. I'm just saying, like, if you show up to my house one day and and, and you knock on the door and I'm on the other side, again, I'm a peacemaker, but I love my daughters. (laughs) And and, and I'll be peaceful with you, but if you hurt my daughter, I'm going to hurt you and I'm going to do it all out of love, okay? Because that's what we're supposed to do. It's all out of love. That's what we're supposed to do. Let's get off that. Let's move on. We're going to go to all right. the next one. This is a tough one, guys. This is a tough one. We're going to go to uh, superstars, politicians, athletes, sports teams. Right? Go, Cowboys. Let's go to Judges chapter 10, verse 14. Go and cry to the new gods you have chosen. Let them save you in your hour of distress. In other words, he's mocking you. This is a great story, but and I don't have enough time to go into this whole story of this verse and so forth. So, That's another sermon, but when you're struggling and you've been spending all that time on Sundays watching the cowboys get beat, unfortunately, and you haven't paid that time with God, you haven't spent that time, all that time that you've been spending Sunday from 12 o'clock all the way till 10.30 at night, watching football. You didn't go to church. You didn't, take, you, you didn't pray. You didn't open your Bible and so forth. And then at the end of the day, something terrible happens. Are you going to turn to Jerry Jones and he's going to help you in your distress? Listen, he gives me distress, okay? You have got to always turn to God. You can't turn to superstars. You can't turn to athletes. And you sure as heck cannot turn to politicians. OK, first of all, listen, I don't even call if, if I have if there's a godly man or a godly woman that is in a position right now of authority in our country. I don't call him a politician. I call him a strong Christian warrior. That's what I call them. I'll trust in that. I'll trust in the God that's in them, but I'm not going to trust in their flesh. And I'm sure as heck not going to trust in somebody that calls themselves a politician. I'm sorry I'm not. It's become a corrupt world. I'm going to get off that because I'll get on a major—I'm going to get off that. But that's all I want to say, guys. Don't put somebody so high on a pedestal that you look at them as a God because they are not going to be able to help you in your distress. When you get distressed, that's when you need God. That's also when you need godly people that God puts around you. Okay, That's so important that you always have that connection, and the way you get that connection is the way you're doing it today is come to church you got people in this church that will fight for you. I promise you. I can can speak to this. Me and Bojo have been fighting for three weeks. We've been fighting for people for three weeks. Our elders have been fighting for three weeks. People in this church have been fighting for people. We have been lifting people up the best that we can. And here's the thing. It's not us in our flesh. That's not what these people that we're helping are trusting in. They're trusting in the God inside of us. And it's so important, guys, as Christian warriors, that we allow God to work through us to do that. Amen? Amen. Because what good is a church if you're not helping lift up your brothers and sisters that are distressed? This next one's really hard, guys. Sex. Any young kids in here? Got a few. Okay. This will be the PG style. We're going to go to First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. "Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body." I tell you, what, I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next one, and we're going to come back. I want to go to lust. That's the next one. I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now, i tell you what else I did. Now, that is from the New Living Translation. And when I study, and me and Bo have talked about this a bunch of times, but I'll have four Bibles opened up, and then I'll have my Bible app open, and I think it's Bible Gateway online, and and I'm looking at all these different translations because here's the thing I love about our God is he came in and he realized that not all of us can understand certain versions of the Bible, so therefore he has transformed those into something that we can actually pay attention to and understand. I want you all to check out the message translation of Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. Don't go to bed with another spouse. But don't think you've preserved your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by lust even quicker than your body. Same verse. Different translation. <laughs> this, this that we're talking about right now. Sex and lust. Since my walk into ministry in the last seven years, I have counseled a lot of people. A lot of husbands and wives. Couples. Some teenagers. 90% of the time, The problem is lust. Or it's a sexual sin. This can destroy a young person. You see, our world has made it very easy to see things that our children never need to see until they reach the proper age. It's sad that you can literally let your child play on an iPad at age 7 or 8, and something may pop up that they surely are not ready to see. Parents, I need you all to really pay attention to what your kids are getting into starting at an early age. 90% of the time, this is the problem. It's husbands or wives, cheating. It could be pornography. That's a big one. I see that a lot. Again, our world's made it very easy to get to these things. Do not form to the ways of the world. Always look towards God. I need you all to understand something. You know, I have guys, guys that will come to me and they'll ask me all the time. They're like, Micah, don't you struggle with this? Don't you struggle with lust and with sexual sin? And don't, it's, I mean, you're a dude. Don't you, listen, yeah, I'm a man. And I'm going to be brutally honest with y'all. I love sex. With the same woman. With my wife. I have no problem saying that. This is a real place, guys. This is a real world, Right? This is a real church. We're going to talk about real things. I do it the way that God intended it to be done. And, yeah, I enjoy it just like every other man does. But, again, I do it in the ways of God. And let me tell you something. I can promise you something. By doing it in the ways of God, I enjoy it more than they do because it's love. It's a connection that God put together. It's not something that you look at on your phone or on a computer or on an iPad. It's not that. That's not love. There's no heart there. There's also no heart or any love when it comes to another person that's trying to enter that marriage covenant that we talked about last week. There's no love there. That's straight-up lust. This has become such an issue in our world, and I'm telling you right now, especially fathers, if you don't stop that problem today, it's gonna get passed down from generation to generation I promise you that you better stop it now you better take this serious okay and I'll tell you another thing I don't know how in the world any man would, would, would want to have relationships with other women good lord the one I got is enough <laughs> and I'll tell you you know something else we don't gonna to go too far into any detail but listen, she can't keep her hands off of me as it is so I'm good I don't have to worry about that situation okay <laughs> Yes, yeah, you're not in here. you dang right she ain't in here. And I don't think my daughters are in here either. Oh, my mother-in-law's in here. Oh, no, there's... Okay, I'll move on. My daughter is sitting here. We're going to move on. <laughs> not going to go any further than that. All kidding aside, guys, really, think about it. If it's done the proper way, and I know I'm honing on this, but guys, you've got to understand, I'm telling you, 90% of the counseling that I do, this is the problem. Do it with love. Do it with compassion. Do it with the passion that God gave you between you and your spouse. Understood? When you get outside of that, nothing but corruption is going to follow, and then you'll start worshiping Lust. You'll start worshiping that person that's coming in to that marriage covenant and interrupting it. Next thing you know, God's not even around. You have forgotten all about God. You won't, even, you won't even speak to him. Because you want me to tell you why? Because you know you did wrong. You're past that. You're defeated. Lust and sex is a problem, guys. It's a major problem. Again, men and, hey, and women too. Parents get it right. Amen? We're going to move on, because my wife and children are going to kill me. All right, I want to go to, uh, next is technology. Oh, gosh almighty, right? This is, I don't know that we got enough time to get all the way through technology, but, you know, the way I look at technology, we're talking about TVs, computers, game systems, and cell phones, of course. That's the main thing, but, you know, man, I don't know about y'all, but, man, back in the day, I used to be a gamer. Man, I, I had the old Nintendo, you know, where you, where you had Tecmo Bowl. Anybody here know what Tecmo Bowl is? Say amen if you know what Tecmo Bowl is. That's what I'm talking about. you dang right. You get Bo Jackson. You do this number right here all the way down the screen, and you score a touchdown. Y'all, y'all, a lot of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but I promise you it was really cool. Okay. Do what? That's Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. But, okay, so, so, so I used to worship Tecmo Bowl. I ain't going to lie. Man, at a young age, I could not wait to get in that house and play Tech Mobile. and 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 Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. It's the greatest Nintendo game of all time, right? I know y'all agree. So I used to play that all the time too. But here's the thing, guys. Now I look at it and I look at my kids, and they'll be playing those things. And like all of a sudden, I'm not gonna lie. Like I want to play it. Like I want to get. I want to play it. You know. But but I'm learning. I look back at at a young age, and even at that age, that's a problem. A lot of time. Thank you very much. And we're allowing our kids to do this thing. We are. My parents were really good about that, though. Because here's the thing. If the sun was up, they didn't let me play Nintendo. You're going to be outside, go hit golf balls, go throw football, go play with your buddies, whatever. But when the sun went down, I have i playing some Nintendo now. I'm telling you. A lot of it. A lot of it. But game systems I'm seeing now are becoming a big issue to where now kids don't even want to go outside. Am I right? How many times do we see that? You know, I was talking to a coach the other day, and that was one of the things he said. He was telling me, he said, you know, Michael, we don't have near the athletes we used to have. And I knew exactly why. And I said, game systems. And he looked at me, started shaking his head. He said, yeah, you're right. He said, they get so involved in this fake world that it corrupts them and takes them away from actually getting outside and outdoors and doing things with other people. Okay? So we're we're not... We're not socially getting connected there because we're worshiping. Was it Fortnite? Is that what it's called? Fortnite, something like that. Anyway, was it Fortnite? Did I get that right? Okay. Those those things again. Hey, I'm not saying you can't play them. Okay, but in moderation. Definitely in moderation. We got kids that are worshiping a game system. Shame on us. Computers can definitely take you over. I mean, we rely on them at work. We rely on them here. I mean, we rely on them everywhere, right? Now, here's the great thing about computers and about technology God has given us that to increase our knowledge, increase our wisdom, and give us the power, like we use it here, to reach more people, okay? So it can be a great thing. It can be a great tool if used properly. The problem, again, is, excuse me. I love this new thing. Man, I put my drink down there. I don't have to walk over here anymore like I got it right there. Thank you, Dustin Martin. Appreciate you, man. So it can be a great tool. And it's something that we definitely need to capitalize on each and every day. I don't shy away from technology. I love technology, again, because it makes our life a little easier, right? But here's the thing, guys. Don't rely on it 24-7. You know, I always say this when I talk about, you know, you know, we'll pull up a Bible verse, and I'll say, get your Bible out or your phone, whatever. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. Okay, I'm not calling anybody out, but if you don't bring your Bible to church, bring your Bible to church, okay? Bring this word with you, and I'm going to tell you why. If you're carrying your sword, your weapon with you everywhere you go, You've got it, right? You can pull it out at any time, and you can take down defeat. You can take down Satan. You can take down evil, right? You can read this, and it can implant what you need inside of your heart to take on any situation in the world. Agreed? And you say, but, Mike, I got it on my cell phone. What if it dies? What if you lose it? Have your word. I take my Bible, and I know you're going to say, well, you're a pastor. I did it before I was a pastor. And you can ask all of the people that have been in my office. If you walk in my office, there's at least one Bible in my office at all times. There's at least one Bible in my car 95% of the time. I'm not going to say 100% because I have been, I've left the house before without it. But I turned around went back and got it. I'm not saying that you've got to put it in your back pocket and go to work with it. But I am saying this, that if you have a problem, you better be able to go get to it within about a minute. Understood? Take your Bible with you. It's very important. That cell phone should be your backup. That's what it should be. You talk about cell phones. This is what I love. You know, we've all been there. When you lose your cell phone, you're freaking out like you got to get somewhere. You got to have a cell phone, right? Like, come on. I know I'm not the only one in here that I have to have my cell phone to get me through the day. It's got all my notes in it, it's got all my alarms set. Okay? Right? Anybody else on the same page as me? I need some head nodding or something. I'm not moving on to Okay, thank you. So here's my question. If you freak out about trying to find your cell phone, the next time you're doing that, I want you to think about, where's my Bible? Do you freak out about losing your Bible as much as you freak out about losing your cell phone? I'm going to tell you what, I'd lose sleep at night if I didn't know where my Bible was. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I would. It would drive me insane. We care so much more about our cell phone than what we do our own Bibles. I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty too. I'm, I'm preaching to me, guys. your cell phone can also cause so much disruption when you open your phone up if you have a smartphone, I think everybody nowadays has a smartphone, right? you got all these apps on your phone you can take mine right now, there's three pages of apps on there Bojo got onto me last night, he says, because you're unorganized, you gotta group them together I didn't know you could group them together, I didn't know you could do that (laughs) you gotta teach me how to do that So. I promise you, if you go through your phone right now and you look at those apps, I guarantee you there's an app on there that if you went to it would take you away from your relationship with God. You would start to look at things that would take your thought process away from God. I can prove it to you with my phone. I can pull up my phone right now, and my favorite app on my phone is Ultimate Golf. I love it. So much fun. Don't look at me like I'm a nerd. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) I really enjoy it. It's cool, yeah, Ultimate Golf. Here's the thing. I have to check myself, though. There's a lot of times that I'll pull my phone up, and I'll be playing Ultimate Golf, man, and I'm killing it, too. Like a birdie here, eagle here, you know, I'm killing it. And the next thing I know, one of my kids walk in, which is my number one ministry, right? And they ask me a question. I don't even hear them ask me because I'm worried about a stupid golf game on my phone. You see, that just took me away from my relationship with God because my relationship with God all comes down to what he gives me and how I take care of it. And our number one ministry, again, is our family. And if I'm not taking care of that properly, therefore my relationship with God is starting to spread a little bit. I don't like that. I I, I ask you to go through your phone. Those apps that take you away from God, if it's one that truly takes you so far away from God, delete it. God didn't tell you to put that app on your phone. That's your decision. And I'm sure some... Some of you may have a lot worse on there than than a golf game. Whatever it is, guys, if it's taking you away from your relationship with God, delete it. And that's something else. I just said God didn't tell you to put that app on your phone. I'm going to ask you another question. How many of you have prayed about an app that you did put on your phone? I know y'all are looking at me like, that's crazy, Micah. Why, would, why in the world would I pray about an app before I put it on there? I'm going to tell you exactly why. Because there are things that might pop up on that app that's out of your control, but it's not out of God's control. If there's something that's going to take you away from your relationship with God, if you pray about it beforehand, you don't think he'll protect you from that. And here's what I'm going to give you an example. I have the ESPN app. I can pull up the ESPN app right now. And there may be an ad that pops up on there for Sports Illustrated swimsuit models, right? Yeah. Lust will creep in just like that. You need to pray about protection not only over your home, your children, and everything that you're associated with. You have that phone on you 24-7. You better be praying over your phone. I'm dead serious about this. There's so much corruption that can happen with this little tool right here. This could cause so many problems because literally it's in your back pocket at all times. It's sitting next to you in your bed at all times. It's around you at all times. You make dang sure it's charged up all the time. You sure as heck don't want it to die because you've got to have your cell phone, right? You better be praying over that cell phone. God, I claim protection over my relationship with you through this technology. And not only do I claim that protection, but I claim that I will be able to touch people's lives today through this technology. If you pray that and you claim that over this little thing, do you know what could happen? You have it all the time. All the time. Why not let God use it? Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Oh, Dustin. Oh, never mind. I thought it was dead, man. I really did. I thought it was. That's why I just mean you're listening, right? That's, that's what I'm talking about. You know, but here, I just bragged on you, man. Like, I literally, I love you, man. It's the first mistake. never happens. We're all allowed one mistake a year here at the church, okay? I haven't had mine yet. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay, so if you are concentrating on the way that the world is conforming and so forth, and you're into all this technology, and that's all that you're thinking of, but the thing is, guys, that I'm telling you, that it's going to draw you further away from God. Be very careful with technology. And make dang sure you're being careful about your children with technology. Amen? I'm going to move past that. Okay, we're going to go to category number two. There's three categories. I promise you two and three will not take near as long. This one is you and yourself. That is something that people worship. We just went over all the earthly idols that people worship over God. The next one is you. You. There's a lot of people that are so high on themselves that they start to worship what they're about instead of what God's actually made them. We as humans seem to always seek fame and power. It could be a leadership position at the church, in the community, or a promotion at work. We want to be recognized. If you go about this in the way of humility and meekness, you will have accomplished these personal gains correctly, and God will get the glory. My favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs sixteen three: Commit all your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Everything you do needs to have God being the conqueror in mind. And your plan will be established. That's a promise. That's a whole other sermon, too. I'm going to get off that. If you go after power with pride, where it's you know look at me, it's all about me. You have then put yourself before God, and only destruction will follow. I want to go to Matthew six thirty-three. This is Jesus speaking. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Always seek him first, not yourself. You should always seek the kingdom of God. Always make sure that everything that you do, that the outcome is again his victory. If not, if it's about you, you just put yourself above God. How many times do we do that? Listen, I know people do that. And here's the thing. That's what I was trying to get at earlier today when I said, you know, you might look at me and say, Micah, I don't worship anybody but God. I don't worship anything but God. I promise you at some point in your life, you got prideful. If you tell me no, you're a liar. We all struggle with pride. We're human. God knows we struggle with pride. He made us. Every square inch of you, He made. Even that prideful part that comes out. The good news is, if you lean on Him, He'll teach you how to fight it. Pride is the number one enemy that we face each and every day when we put ourselves above God. Every decision that you make, the way that you stop yourself from allowing, from allowing you to become greater than God, is you have to have a mind check with every decision. Is anybody gonna else? Excuse me. Is anybody else gonna better from my decision in this situation? If it's just you, I need you to think about this. If it's just you that's gonna better from that situation, you're worshiping you more than you're worshiping God. I say, Michael, what do you mean by that? But what if it's like business, and it's it's a it's it's a way I can make more income that's gonna better me. It's gonna better me. Yeah, it's gonna better your family too. So then it's not just about you. You're doing that for your family. Maybe that promotion will help you reach more people. And in turn, you can grow the kingdom more if you lead by example the right way. I had a dear friend of mine come to me one time. He was looking at two different jobs. And he said, You know, Micah, he said, I can't, I can't decide which direction to go. And I I appreciated him coming to me for some counsel on that and prayer. We prayed together. And all of a sudden, it hit me. And before I could even say it, I love my brother. He looked at me and he said, I think I need to go with the one that I can touch more people because then that way God's going to be shown more. They both were the same income, basically. That's a good decision, right? That needs to be our thought process, guys. If you do it that way, you're not putting yourself before everybody else, and you're not putting yourself before God. You're worshiping God, and in turn, you're going to touch more people. Work is a big part of how we choose ourselves over God. How many times have you chose to work on a Sunday instead of going to church or worked late on a Saturday and were too tired to get up the next day and go to church on a Sunday? I do need y'all to understand, I know there's a lot of people that have to work on Sunday. I have a lot of brothers in here that have to. I get that. That's different. If you have to work on a Sunday, again, you're doing your job. God understands that. Again, you're taking care of that number one ministry, which is your family. He understands. That's fine. I'm talking about people that choose to do it and don't have to. When you're choosing your job and you're choosing that over church, you again have put yourself and your job ahead of God. Do not put all of your heart into work. You've got to leave some of your heart for when you get home and you need to leave some of your heart for God as well. When you do put too much of your heart into work, what happens is then it becomes your treasure. And I want you to see what Jesus says about your treasure and your heart. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Do not concentrate on money, work, empowerment. Don't concentrate on that too much. Your treasure is what God's given you as gifts that's where it needs to be last category number 3 this one is the toughest one for me to discuss guys i promise i'm getting i'm getting done here number 3 is family number 3 is the hardest thing for any christian to put down follow God. We talk all the time in this church about how our families are number one ministry. I mentioned it today. I, I, I mean, for those of you that have been here since day one, I, y'all have heard it hundreds of times. And I'm not saying that it's not when I say this. I know y'all are looking at me, you're like, Mike, you've been teaching us for a year family's number one ministry. We've got to take care of what God gives us. That's right. It is. It's the number one ministry that God gives you, but the only thing that trumps that is your relationship with God. That personal relationship with God, there's nothing more important on your walk in life, guys. And that's so hard for me to say and for me to do because there's nothing I love more than my daughters, my wife, and my family. Let's go to Luke chapter 14, verse 26. Again, Jesus speaking, anyone who wants to be my follower must love me for more, or excuse me, must love me far more than he does his own father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sisters. He must love, you must love God more than your own life. Moses, Noah, Joshua, and the disciples left everything to follow God and His direction. I got a question for Christian warriors today. Can you do the same? Can you drop your family and follow God? I'm not going to sit up here and lie to you guys that, that's, that's hard for me to comprehend I would like to say that when that if that moment ever presented itself that I could be like these warriors that I just talked about I'm not going to lie to y'all I, I hope and pray that I don't have to worry about that but could you Could you leave your daughters aside? Could you leave your sons aside and walk with Jesus all the way to death? I want you to think about that question. I'm going to tell you guys a story while I tell you all that question. This is a story, some of y'all may know this, it's, it's a story about the Morvarian slaves, okay? What this was is you had two men, make sure I get this right with my notes, in the early 1700s, there were two men, they were called to minister to African slaves on the island in the West Indies. The problem was, you would think, oh, that's great. They're going to be missionaries. Just, they need to, somebody needs to give them some money, and they just need to go to the West Indies to this little island. It was a small island in the West Indies. And just let them be missionaries, right? Let them teach to these slaves and you know, teach them about God and raise them up in the way of the world to conquer it through Jesus Christ, right? Sounds simple. Here's the problem. One man owned that island. One man. He also owned all those slaves. But see, God put it on these two men's heart to go minister to those slaves. Nowhere else in the world. Only there. This man that owned the island was not a Christian. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in Jesus Christ. He did not allow anybody on the island that would teach it, because he didn't want his slaves to realize that they were actually equal to him. So these two men decided, we're going to sell ourselves to slavery. These two men sold their, soul, their bodies, they sold their bodies to slavery, their flesh, to slavery, just to be able to get over there and to teach these people. Not only that, but they knew that if they did this at some point in time, the man would find out and they would die. They loaded up on a boat with their family on the pier, said their prayers, and said their goodbyes. Can you do that? I mean, if God called you right now in your seat to stand up, and to go sell yourself to slavery with certain death and leave your family behind, could you do that? I want you to write this down, guys. Grab a pen and paper. I want you to hang on again to that thought real quick, guys. put God first and you'll never be last if God is always your decision maker if everything that you think of is how can I build the kingdom and how can I put God ahead of everything else and how is it only that I worship God and not myself and not technology and not lust and alcohol and drugs if if, if I do that You'll be first and you'll never be last.